said, and the Democrats keep me that way. At, I had no idea that there was even such a thing as like fake news. I didn't know that I was being indoctrinated me until neither. Trump said, hey, guys, <laughs> look at this. Yeah, I didn't either. I was a total normie, completely. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my I mean, I was conservative, but I didn't, I didn't know. I, I was busy raising my kids. I had, and even to this day, I'm such, I'm not a single cynical person. So I even now miss a lot of things. People point things out to me and I'm, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original Uncloseted Conservative. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We're starting just a touch late, so we're going to jump right in. Today's show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com slash Mobley or MyPillow.com. Use promo code Mobley at checkout for up to 66% off. Guys, even if you don't like the pillows, support the company. They've got other products. It's not just pillows. It's not all pillows all the time. Uh, support the company and the man that is fighting for freedom, fighting for individual liberty, religious rights, the freedom of the press, the freedom to speak, those types of things that you love and adore every day. MyPillow.com is the website, promo code Mobley. I failed. I failed to, to do my currently wearing that you guys are asking for. I'm not currently wearing this shirt. I'm currently wearing the My AR-15 identifies as a stick shirt. It's only available at DJMobleyShow.com. Those are the ways you can support the show. And the free and easy way you can support the show is to like, share, and subscribe. Do it now. Big Tech's not going to let people know about the show, so you've got to be the notification. And that's liking, that's sharing with someone that you know, or better yet, sharing on your social media platforms. Do it now, but make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss our content. We've got longtime friend of the show and a reporter that you know and love, Miss Wendy Strouch Mahoney from Uncovered GC, one of the best places to get news out there. You know that I go to their website, uh, headed by their fearless leader, Tracy Beans, as often as I can, which is funny to say. I just feel like saying Tracy Beans on YouTube, they just, poof, they just you know, ban you immediately. Um, that's like saying Voldemort or Ed Snowden in a polygraph or something like that. Uh, we don't care around here. And of course, we got the one and only Casey Gates, as always, with his very uh, colorful persona personality and even more colorful backgrounds. We're going to be talking about the Bureau of Injustice and the collapse of the Republic and the Marxist regime takeover, you know, all those normal things that make your blood pressure kind of ping pong a little bit, all that and more. And it all starts right now. Wendy, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. I'm doing just fine. Good. I'm glad you're doing good. 
Casey, we've games? never met. Tell me a little bit about yourself <laughs> oh, before you go on. No. Yeah, we've never met before. Uh, yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Casey. Hi, Casey. <laughs> uh, hi, Casey. Uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> Joe and I actually met each other uh, via locals.com, uh, Dave Rubin's uh, site. I was helping out uh, Dr. Drew with uh, his locals page as well, drdrew.locals.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a couple of military knuckleheads started hanging out. And uh, next thing you know, here we are. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I like military knuckleheads. <laughs> you want to know it's not fair? So we, you know, waste not, want not. So my wife and I, my wife mostly drinks decaf and I don't drink decaf, you know, for reasons. Anyway, um, put the coffee in the fridge last night. So I opened the fridge today and there are two identical mason jars, one filled with decaf and one filled with calf, calf, golden nectar. I don't know which one this is. Um, so this could be, this could be doing nothing for me. I don't know, but, uh, I might be inadvertently drinking decaf coffee here. Um, Uh-oh. yeah, so I popped the lids. I took a sip of both of them and it was, yeah. So I hope I grabbed the right one. For me, you know? it's, uh, if it makes you sweat, it's got caffeine in it. Well, I just sweat for no reason at all. Uh, so, yeah, I used to have to change my shirt like it four times a day. Good times. Um, just because I can sit and read a book and sweat like I'm at the gym, like on the rower, just grinding it out. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'll when just like, I didn't come on to talk about your manly sweating habits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't even know where to start. I, I think the most interesting thing, uh, it's funny, we should be in a group chat, but we're not. It's like I'm in a chat with Wendy, I'm in a chat with Casey, we're kind of talking about the same things. I think the most interesting thing um, that you wrote, and here, let me actually share the screen because I was running my mouth and didn't uh, prepare. Da, 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 da. There we go. Guys, go over to uncoverddc.com. There's a link right below. This is some of the best reporting that you're going to get. And oh, the site's not there. Uncover. There it is. That's where you can find all of Miss Wendy Strachmahoney's work. Um, oh, I didn't even... When did this? This came out. I didn't read this one. Today. Yeah, okay. I, I put out an election <laughs> article um, just commenting on various things that I've been watching Rich and Barnes do. Barnes posted one of my articles in his top five in the U.S. a couple of, last week, I guess, which was nice. I'm addicted to this stuff. Honestly, this one's really good. I read this the day after I interviewed him, uh, Javon Hunt and Pulitzer. Uh, really interesting stuff about the election. Oh, a few ballots here, a few ballots there. 140,000 ballot images yeah. missing. Um, uh, this story that we're going to talk about. But I thought the two most interesting ones uh, were uh, the roadmap of the apparatus ignoring the signals. Uh, and oh, where is it? And this one, this one was really good. Guys, if you haven't read the Gulag Archipelago, um, you probably won't if you haven't already. It's a very large book. It is one that I recommend for audiobook if you're not like a big reader. It, it can be tough to get through. But it's just absolutely incredible. And I, I'm not like a dramatic person, but this one, this article is very, 
thought-provoking, especially if you've read it, especially if you're kind of like tuned into the Marxist takeover and, and what all's happening. Um, but I don't know. I feel like we should start here, America's ideological gulag. Well, Mark, uh, uh, Solzhenitsyn talks in this book. I, I read this during the pandemic, I right before it started. And it was kind of a synchronicity that I, you know, what I, I guess, I don't know why I tackled it. It's a very big book. And um, I think it's in a few volumes, but I had a condensed, like a, I think I read 2000 pages. That might, might've been a condensed version. I don't know. It was long. And there are some passages in there about ideology. And while everything else was extremely horrifying, the descriptions of, because basically the entire book is about the gulag and all of these prison camps everywhere in the Soviet Union and throughout, you know, Eastern, you know, just everywhere in the Soviet Union and surrounding areas. And I, I there love are a lot that of you included this map because people don't know how widespread this was, but it, and this is like frozen tundra. Like these are not good places to be, despite no. working people to death and some of the other extremely graphic things that are described. There's shock and awe in the book, uh, but just like you said, there's a lot of ideological and political ideological nuggets to take out of it if you can kind of step out of the the shock and awe well the most the one that hit me the most and i guess you know sometimes you can read something over and over and over again a concept for example and for whatever the reason your readiness you're not paying attention you don't know enough the day and it doesn't really hit you you know it it, it, it the light bulb doesn't go on and there were passages in the book about ideology and why ideology for the sake of ideology is so dangerous. And this article was a, a lot about that um, because the, the Marxist ideology becomes the, the religion and it, it supersedes everything else. And so then I drew parallels to what's going on in our culture. And we were talking before you arrived, Casey, about uh, how important fixing our culture is. Um, the left has been able to hijack everything in our culture, um, including our children and their minds and their hearts and the family and you name it. I mean, I don't need to name it all. So the, what's going on now you know, politics is important. Electing the right people are important. But if your value systems are skewed and you, your ideology is skewed and you don't know what's important in life in terms of just eternal principles and values, then it really doesn't matter who you elect because those people that you're electing, whether it's Democrat or Republican, it's it's a moral um, uh, relativism. It's moral relativism that we're dealing with. And so Solzhenitsyn, there were some passages in there that were so, like they literally slapped me in the face and I was like, oh my gosh, 
he's so right about that. He he basically just described Stalin and 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 what all what Stalin was doing to the people. I mean, it's the same thing we see now, except that you know we're not in gulags yet. <laughs> and I'm not saying <laughs> that's where we're heading. We're we're the first three. Uh... <laughs> We're but the first three in there. But the pandemic. Oh, okay. They're the building pan- <laughs> the, the pandemic, honestly, wasn't that far from it in terms of a free society. We're locked up in our homes. We're not talking to each other. We're not relating to each other. We're wearing masks. We're scared to death of, of just breathing or living or anything. And, and it just becomes I, this whole thing. I got to tell you when the reality of what you're saying, the pandemic and and the um, children is to know it all kind of came into view for me. At the time, I was still with the, I almost said the agency. I was never with the agency. I was still at the firm uh, and, uh, you know, doing the consulting nonsense out there in Southern Maryland. And COVID kicks off and... Um, my clients, I mean, I had, you know, some 200 clients. Um, I, over half of the contracts were classified. And it's, it was like high-level stuff. My, my contacts at my clients were the chiefs of staff and above. So three and four stars or SESs. Um, and that's where my different offices were on the client sites. Well, I'm in at one of them. Um, and what, what we did for that particular agency, they kind of couldn't function without. So we're having a, like a serious meeting and the director's there, the chief of staff's there, I'm there. They're like maybe six people. And before the intelligence apparatus and before DOD went wide with these essential personnel, whatever, they gave us all like a document to show to anyone that would stop us anywhere that we could not be stopped. We were essential people and we were doing essential things. And I kept it for maybe three days. And, you know, you know, they're like, keep it with you. And Maryland was like straight up, like they were ready for like roadblocks and checkpoints and all kinds of bull crap out there, um, which just goes to show you it's the prisoner experiment. Like those law enforcement yeah. officers out there are just waiting for the opportunity to oppress people. And they might not even realize it. It's like a human psychological thing when you have authority over someone um, and we see it time and time again in the literature. Uh, but I realized just having it, and I just described, just crumpled it. And I think I shredded it, but I just got rid of it because after like two or three days, I was like, no, we're not going to play this game. This isn't hey, what we served hey, in the military for. That's yeah, straight out of freaking yeah, Germany, Nazi Germany. And that's literally where it's, well, it's, but that's uh, how passive it is. Like Wendy was saying, because I, I thought, oh, I, I didn't think about it at all when they handed it to me. It was like when I was at home. And the stillness of whatever moment and actually reading it. And I'm like, wait, what is this for? I'm seeing the picture, the papers, please, checkpoint. Yeah. And, and then you're in the cool kids club. You don't have to deal with the oppression that everyone else has to deal with. And I was just like, at that moment, I was like, I wish someone would try and stop my movement as a free citizen. <laughs> it never happened. But uh, well, it's they, like I, I was on with Dr. Zelenko, with Dr. Drew. Two years ago, we were calling this. Yeah. Dr. Zelenko was one of the Absolutely. first guys going, something's wrong here, guys. We yep. can actually yeah. treat this. We don't need to lock down. As a matter of fact, the worst thing you can do with what Dr. Z is, now? is to, <laughs> just oh. a medical doctor. He knew, right? It, it, once I saw him in March, I was like, oh my gosh, he's right. 
Mm. I mean, there, there was no turning back for me. I saw him early and I was like, all right, guys, this is the deal. <laughs> Listen to this guy and Ionidas at Stanford, the two of them. Mm -hmm. You, you got to tell her your phrase, Case. Dr. Z lives on in me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it, and he is uh, your one of your sponsors, correct, Joe? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> his company <laughs> sponsorship from Beyond the Grave. <laughs> and the, one of the the things that I wrote that that um somebody actually commented it says to do an evil human to to do evil a human being must first of all believe that what he's doing is good, or else it's a well considered act in conformity with natural law. Fortunately, it is in the nature of the human being to seek a justification for his actions. Ideology, that is what gives evil doing its long-sought justification and gives the evildoer the necessary steadfastness and determination. It goes on. But that's that encapsulates it. So and, and, and that's what that's what we've been seeing again. The fact it doesn't matter what you look at now, again and again. Wendy, uh Wendy is talking some big words here. I'm going to bring it down to you lowbrow people. <laughs> big what she just described <laughs> is the slutty outfit friend pardon. You see someone out there and you're like, how could she wear this? She's hanging all out. Everyone can see her business, whatever. Your friend wears that same outfit and you automatically give them a pass pardon. Not her, not you. We're friends. You're not. Now, you just saw it on someone else and you, you had one opinion, but you see it on your friend. Your brain will justify things, will reconcile your behavior and your friend's behavior. They, it, your brain will reconcile it to protect your thinking that you are the good person doing it's the tribalism. good thing. Yeah, it's all tribalism. Yeah, it, it, our, yeah. if, as long as it happens within our tribe, wokeism, all this other stuff, same damn thing. Where you got these people are like, well, you know, rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah. And here's yeah. the revelation. Uh, yeah, we're part of a tribe. We're all, you know, uh, ide ideologically, we probably believe hundreds of different things. Yeah, all of my closest Christian friends, we all have different beliefs about the stuff in the same book. We're, we're not talking about that. We... People, political ideology, political ideological spectrum, people on the right, not the far right, but people on the right tend to do more critical thinking. We think about these things. We're reading these things. We're iron sharpening iron. And, and Casey and I have disagreements all the time. That's okay. Over there, you're a 10 out of 10. Everyone believes exactly the same thing. Everyone's record is unblemished. And when they change, they all change at the same time in the same way. That's you can see that there's something different between the two sides. There's a lot of diversity, which is diversity of thought, because this kind of diversity doesn't matter. You got an Asian, a black, an Indian, and a Pacific Islander who all believe 10 out of 10 the same thing. So it's not diverse. Well, and not not to mention, you know, just basic diversification of thought would be nice. I mean, isn't that how we learn? We learn from each other. Hey, you know, this is what I think. This is what I think. And let's, you know, compare our two thoughts and come up with something that works for the both of us. That's completely gone when you have somebody saying, this is what everybody thinks or else. You're a racist. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. You're a, you're a racist. You're I was a just saying I like plastic bags over paper bags. Racist. Uh, and then your other friend comes and says, well, I don't like bags at all. Oh, oh, no, I guess I was racist. No, like, it's freaking... 
oh, I can't say that. Yeah, and 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 the issue is that um, it, it does a couple things. It makes um, because they kind of move together as a pack in all of these kinds of ways. Um, it makes them seem bigger than we are. Um, I don't happen to agree with that, but it also makes it something very vicious to overcome. And um, because a lot of, because what happens is that there, especially social media and the internet and, and it, it, there's a lot of, you know, back in the day when we didn't have all this conformity was more person to person group. And in real life, it's a lot harder to um, kind of escape, you know, uh, but when you're behind a screen and you're kind of conforming, you're really not putting, you're not staking a claim. You're not putting yourself out there in the same way, but, you know, and, and, and I mean, even into just what's been going on with our, our government at the federal level in particular, um, the just they're they're normalizing things that are not that should not be normal and the thing is that the most disturbing part of all of this in my head is that not not just it's not that they're they're you know arresting people who should have just been had a slap on the wrist and a fine um it's the fact that we're now beginning to not me and you, but a lot of people are beginning to think, well, well, maybe that's normal. Maybe that's what they do because they don't really know. And, and the more you see it, it's like the big lie, you know, the, the, the bigger yeah. you lie, the more, you know, easier it is to believe it. It's, it's all very kind of interconnected stuff. And it's really just like my biggest frustration is I don't see enough people standing up and going, wait a minute. <laughs> What is, like, I feel like I'm going insane. That's, I, I, I that's exactly what I wanted to tie in. Not that you're going insane, but these are two things that were included <laughs> in your articles. Uh, one was the tweet from the House Judiciary, uh, no, from the House Judiciary GOP. As Twitter account says, and I think there's like a week ago, um, was when this whistleblower came forward. But whistleblower reveals information that the FBI is moving agents off of child sexual abuse investigations to instead pursue, pursue political investigations. And just as quickly as you can think, oh, uh, I don't think that's true. I don't think they would uh, take agents and resources away from child sexual exploitation, which is literal sexual enslavement, okay? This is human trafficking. This is sex trafficking of tender age children. And then people are immediately like, no, 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 I was on the task force. We very regularly dealt with victims as young as one year old. One year old. Uh, but then you turn around, it's like, this is what they're using those resources for. Because this guy and his, his family is like the Partridge family here. This is the greatest threat, uh, you know? Uh, a couple, a mom and a dad, you know, who love God and who love each other and their family. This is what the regime's got to shut down. Wendy just said it. You think what happened here is normal. This is not normal. This is danger, Will Robinson. The Bureau and the Department of Injustice did not have a longstanding practice of executing raids. SWAT raids. Yeah, SWAT raids Whoa. for stuff like this. Yeah. There, there's an agent, I personally know an agent who is very likely going to be fired 
Um, they're they're going through an administrative. Uh, uh, what's the word? In the, in the military, it's like an Article 15. They're going through mm-hmm. procedural hearings right now, and that's more than getting their hand slapped because they refused to do a raid just like this one, just to someone else for a misdemeanor. You don't send a highly specialized SWAT. They send HRT. Guys, HRT are like the Navy SEALs of law enforcement. They literally do hostage rescue, counterterrorism. Like these are the dudes like crawling down elevator shafts and rappelling off of stuff. But instead, those resources are being pointed here. And exactly what Wendy said is right. The fear and the legitimate fear is to normalize this, to normalize that big law enforcement intelligence weapon pointed at this type of scenario. And it's it's wild and I mean, scary. there's no limit. If they're going to do that, it, it, Trump was so right. He said, if they're coming after me, you are next. This is what this is right here. That's what it is. And, and you know, at the end of the article there, um, I have an interview by Guandalo, the guy that used to be in the FBI. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, you have to watch it. It's oh, one of the best interviews that I have ever seen anyone do. It's so well edited. Um, and he walks... It's very simple. He walks you through what's normal, what's not. But most importantly, what he does is he he talks about human behavior and about how in the FBI, there are good people, patriots. But it doesn't matter that they're there if they don't step forward and say something. It doesn't matter. They are, you may as well just be in the enemy camp then. And, and it takes tremendous courage to do what friend did and the other guy did. And now apparently a lot of former FBI agents are stepping forward and supporting friend. But we, what, what I think we need to do is, is invest an incredible amount of our public comment and uh, support for the people who are stepping forward, because these whistleblowers, unlike Vinman, do not get the support, and um, they their you know their badges are stripped and you know they're suspended. So I I, I um but he they throw the such, book at you hard once yes. once you give the smallest amount of resistance, and it's the same thing. You felt this in your companies back in 2020. Uh, straight to you, the listener. Um, when conversations about vaccine mandates popped up, about religion needing to seek religious or medical or other exemptions, uh, that stigma that you felt a hundred times worse because th- this is a a career-ending, credibil- credibility-blowing maneuver to say, I don't think that's right. I'm not going to participate in this raid, this activity. Actually, I think this is a reportable thing. I, and the and they truly do. They handle things at the lowest level. You talk from to every employee from GS9 to senior executive service members before you go to the OIG. And the OIG, that's kind of another laughable thing. God um, bless him, though. God bless him. Like Snowden. I mean, look, he had to give up his entire, you know, his country uh, he fought for. Uh, by the way, he's a Russian citizen now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it just, uh, I mean, you want to talk about true American, in my opinion, you know, people who are willing to give up their everything, their entire life that they worked for, they're giving it all up for the benefit of the American people. This has to get out. 
Yeah. People don't even, people don't even understand the power and capabilities of the United States government. Uh, and once you've kind of peeked behind the curtain, I mean, it's really, it's really something. Anyone who's ever like volunteered or worked in the church kind of has that same revelation. You know, you, you just don't want to know how the sausage is made. You just want to go and enjoy the service. Uh, it's really something. I have not seen this interview, but I just bookmarked it. So I'm going to watch Incredible. it. Incredible. It, it's, 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 it's stunning. And it's done so well. It's the best interview I've seen. In a long time. And he's been, it says here, um, you've got a quote of him saying that he's been fighting this since 2003. That, that's. Yeah, none of this stuff started yesterday. Holy smokes. I, 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 back in 2012, I'd, um, working in nightclubs. I, I've told, Joe, I've told you the story before where I had to take uh, sensitivity training where we learned um, all the different names in the, uh, the, uh, uh, Alphabet Mafia, LGBTQIA. That even the presenter, as she was telling us this stuff. By the way, they brought the cops with them as well. Uh, uh, they they couldn't even come up with their own. She's like, okay, I think queer is in there, and there were like a lot of things. Like people are raising their hand, going, uh, "The last I heard, queer was bad. You don't want to call somebody a queer." Uh, now, you know, all the definitions have changed and here's all the things that you have to learn now in order to make us feel comfortable and included. Well, then it went from us, you know, it was, it all started off as, okay, yeah, yeah, of course we want you guys to be included. Of course, everybody, you know, this is a nightclub. We're all here to have fun. And it went from that to, you didn't use my proper pronoun. And now we got bartenders getting fired for saying, Hey, Hey dude, what can I get you? Uh, you know, yes, I do have a beard, and I, but I have a wig on and a dress, and you didn't, you know, use my proper pronoun. And people were getting fired over this. This was back in 2012. Yeah. And there's the no, there's the, this is another thing I love, the illusion uh, of accountability. Uh, Wendy wrote this article, uh, Durham, the Mirage of Accountability. And I, when I talk about this stuff, I, I'm not a reporter, but I was kind of privy to what the Epic Times and everyone else now call Spygate um, way back in 2016. Uh, as a grad student, I, I had a lot of you know government experience at the time, but I'm a grad student. I'm studying Homeland Security with 14 other highly credentialed uh, national security professionals who hold positions all around uh, the United States. Uh, actually, I guess all around the world. And we're kind of spitballing these things. And I said, I was the first one in that cohort to say the words, like, I think the FBI is trying to subvert a constitutional process. I wrote a whole white paper on it um, that might be available for public release now. I was just talking to that professor on LinkedIn the other day. Um, but this is how flagrant it is, okay? You, you don't need to be Inspector Gadget or Sherlock Holmes to look at what happened with the DNC, with Hillary Clinton, uh, with uh, the three of us, for any one of the three of us to contact a foreign intelligence service member, one, just as a citizen, that's a huge red flag. You know, we could be brought in on charges for that. But to contact them to conduct operations domestically against government officials, against the, the future sitting president of the United States, huge crimes. They'd put us under the jail. It'd be over. Everything was in the OIG report that you needed to know. Nobody read it. Um, they admitted the, oh, so much stuff there. 
Um, and then when Durham came in, I mean, if you know Durham's history and the, some of the things that, I mean, he's a company man. He's not, what he's doing, what he's doing is he is laying out, he is allowing all the people that he's putting in front of these courts to lay out what happened. So he exposes what happened. So he's doing his job, but he's not going as far as to really prosecute the people that did all I, this I'm stuff. I'm going to disagree a little bit. Do you know what I believe that this man is doing and all of his investigators that are highly paid United States government officials? What? I think that they are discovering, um, there. there's a concept in law um, which is the way that you can battle against fruit of the poisonous tree. And it's, it's a commonwealth law. It's a common law practice, inevitable discovery. They were going to discover this anyway. Um, you know, the people, the press, or the government was going to discover this. It was mm -hmm. inevitable. It was so egregious, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like the world is going to find out that 9-11 was very likely a hoax. Uh, not that it didn't happen, but it's an inevitable discovery like that. I think Durham and his gang of dodos are finding out exactly where the government is exposed, exactly the things that they cannot continue to hide from the press and are taking just those items out from under the carpet to show everyone. That's and, what I'm basically saying. Okay. Yes, I'm pretty much, I completely they, agree. They're only doing it for that reason. They're not doing it to prosecute yeah. a struck and Comey and Mueller, there's no way. And look, I thought they you, took their shot at Strzok already you, and and said no, not enough to convict or something. They, they did, but but people, it, look, if you look at some of the things that are, and I'm not going to name names, but the stuff that's that people are talking about on the internet, people that I know personally, writing about things that oh, the white hats are coming and they're actually going to uh, prosecute everybody, and you wait, and Rosenstein was a good guy, no. If you look at this thing objectively and, and dispassionately and you're not invested emotionally in them by God doing something, there's no way this guy. And look at look at what A.G. Barr has been saying recently. The guy it has no interest, no interest in exposing the very bureaucracy of which he's been a part for so many decades now. Nope. It's such a shame. Bought and paid for, basically, right? That's yep. all there is. Yep. I can't explain it. I, and I don't know why, you know, and, and it's very frustrating to me that people can't get a grip on reality because you have to know what reality is before you know where you are. Like you, you cannot address problems in your life, society, whatever it may be, your, yourself. I mean, if you think you're the greatest person on earth, you're not going to be able to understand the things that you need to improve about yourself, right? Cool. And it's the same thing. What's the, what is it? Uh, yeah, the, the first step to solving any problem is to identify the problem in the yeah. first place, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's painful to look at it. I don't like it. I wish that, you know, I wish that somebody would, you know, I wish that the military were in charge behind the scenes and Trump would yeah. come back or whatever, but yeah. it's just... Yeah, it's funny you say that. I've been accused once or twice of being a Q, what did they say? I think Q-tard is what they call people. Oh, is that right? People. And I just have to wonder, and I'm like, whoever's saying this, they don't watch the show, they don't listen, they don't know me at all. 
Um, I think I have like two friends that are big into QAnon stuff. And every time we get together, it's very annoying for them because you're right. There's no, no heroes going to ride in the save the day. Um, there's this interesting historical phenomenon um, that I'm like, yep, that's exactly what's happened. Christians and the church have let atrocities occur throughout the generations because of them being convinced it was the end times, which is something that we're seeing again. My my personal belief is that there's nothing significant about us uh, in terms of the whole of human history. I, I, I think it would be great for Christ to return. I don't think that it's eminent. I think that the world is actually a more peaceful place now than it has been historically. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. things are so bad. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the indigenous people of South and Central America, they slaughtered 84,000 people in a, in a long weekend with their bare hands. Like, no, we don't have that going on. Um, so things are pretty good. Uh, but Christians have let these atrocities occur over and over and over again, uh, up until and including... Um, you know, uh, Aztec massacres. Uh, what are you? Wow, what's that thing called? Um, there was something. It was in like northern Africa, like the, these genocides, basically, mm. because they're like it's a sign of the times that Christ is going to return. Uh, Christ is going to return when he returns. We, we don't just sit on our hands and let atrocities occur. And Q is giving me a little bit of that feeling, like everything's yeah. going to be fine. Uh, Donald Trump is like secretly the commander and. She, I just cult of personality, just and Casey. it's the most dangerous thing in the world. Yeah, Casey, um, just as as a vet. So uh, you're you're back in your days. You know, I'm a green suitor. You're still rocking whatever. Um, very likely homosexual or heterosexual, no homosexual <laughs> uniform the Navy was wearing at the time. Um, how like would it bloodless. even be possible for a pseudo commander in chief to exercise command and control over the United States military? Like, who the hell would know what's going on? I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm at Fort Sill. I'm at Fort whatever, and I'm like, I'm getting orders from the guy that used to be the president. Like that, it, it's physically impossible, guys. It, it's impossible mm-hmm. to be to have command and control secretly over the United States military that right. there's, there's no mechanism by which for the, what is it? 540,000 soldiers in the army, sailors, airmen, Marines, guardians of the galaxy or whatever they have now, there's no mechanism for which no. to exercise that authority. So as someone who's actually donned the uniform, who said the oath and did the thing, I think that you guys are wrong. There's no way to do it. That's like saying that, my neighbor is actually parenting my kids, but to my kids, there's no way for them to do it. There's no way for that <laughs> guidance to get down to the kids mm-hmm. because I'd be the, well, family-friendly show. Because uh, there'd be some They're issues. The there'd yep. be some issues if they came and they tried to exercise their authority over my kids. That's how we got to the whole school board mess in Loudoun County. Uh, anyway... This cult of personality is is uh, very problematic. It was the from in my point from my point of view. While I think it was okay at the time, it's the worst. Uh, it's the worst repercussion or leftover from Trump yes, because because it's caused complacency. You cannot be a sycophant for anybody. Trump is a human being. Look, 
you and I have talked about this. He made a lot of mistakes, in my opinion, on several really major areas. And I love the guy. I love his optimism. I like some of his policies. I would probably vote for him again if he got his personnel issues together. And he, you know. We, we did. We talked about that privately. So. And that's the thing. Everyone knows I'm a big Trump fan. But for me to vote for Trump again, he would need to demonstrate that he is capable of doing something with that inner circle because his people were snakes and everyone could see it but him. And that's got to yeah. get fixed. I do like the fact that he's not afraid to fire people. But he he's not. He but he, he played a little bit of optics bullcrap. I don't care. I wake up, Fauci. I'm the president. I was, I'm to say, calling, I was just about to say Fauci. I'm the fire first. Like, <laughs> yeah. I he hired up. Atlas and didn't listen to him. Yeah. Mm. And these, these agencies that he complains about, I'm like, you were unilaterally in charge of those agencies. You, black stops here. Here's the thing, though. Don't you guys think, I, this is what I hope anyway. I hope that because he knows how vicious it is now, that'll come in with a very different worldview. Mm -hmm. He won't be like, oh, crap. Because remember when he would say, I had no idea it was as bad as it is? Mm -hmm. Now he knows how he has a very he, good idea. If he doesn't no do something with that, then, I mean, and, and we should know that within a few months of his presidency if he gets elected again, I think. I'm actually glad that, um, well, in a way, uh, I'm glad he's not in office right now so that people can get at least a comparison between, you know, what he was doing and what's happening now. It's so miserable. He does come back. It's so miserable. Oh, it's horrible. I'm so he, miserable. He needs this attitude right here. If that I'm man, so if he doesn't come back into office, John Wick, Django Unchained style, then no, it's a no for me. Then screw it. Roll the dice with DeSantis or whatever. Yeah, I, I want him to be just basically burn it down. <laughs> can I <Yeah>. say that? <laughs> yeah, you can. One, oh, oh, Congress, you're not going to balance the budget. That federal agency is gone. Go ahead, and I'll, I'll I'll dissolve another one because I every one of them the, is billions of dollars of budget. I got kicked. Kick, I got kicked off of Twitter for I don't know, it was like two weeks or something like for jokingly saying "burn it down, burn it all down." I was it was literally I was doing something from a movie. <laughs> yeah. And ah. oh nope nope nope, you don't even talk that. Way. What? I don't even joke. I know that's why I said, "Can I say that?" I mean, it's so crazy that we're living in a country where you can't say those colloquial kinds of things to each other and understand exactly what you're talking about. I mean, oh my goodness! Well, it's spoken Sam says she'll only vote for Trump if he promises <laughs> there'll never be another hurricane. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a vaccination for hurricanes now. If you get you're the in Texas, what are you worried about hurricanes? <laughs> wow, this hurricane! Oh my God! Man, I mean, are you miserable, Casey? I'm miserable. Somebody be miserable with me because I, it's so hard. Casey I'm lives in, in California. California. Yeah, yeah. This is miserable. Oh yeah. my god! Oh, what's funny is you guys want to talk. What about are you doing? What Wendy's got to. Wendy's oh got to go to a support group now, just on uh, your behalf. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my god! I went, we used to live there, and I just told my husband, "I said we're out. We're out. We're never going back." Well, so I've I've talked about this a couple of times on the show. Uh, I was just about to buy land here until I found out that if I put in a well and produce my own water, and it's going to cost me about ten grand to do that, I have to pay an additional uh, eight hundred dollars for the meter, and it's going to cost about fifteen hundred dollars to install a meter that California 
wants me to put in so that they can tax me on the water that I'm producing for myself. Yeah. What? I was, no, no deal. Done. So now I'm just kind of floating around in, in California right now going, nah, Texas is looking pretty good. Uh, Miami was looking pretty good until recently. <laughs> Last couple <of> days. <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's... I, what sucks for me is I grew up in the Reagan era. Uh, so I remember, you know, kind of the glory days of California. And you know, there was a lot more, I don't just all the, all the crap that's going on right now wasn't going on back then. Even 10, 15 years ago, it wasn't going on. Uh, a part of me wants to stay and fight. And a part of me wants to flee. I don't know what to do right now. I can, here's, I can understand Here's the that. thing. We're, we're going to tie all of these uh, little allegories together. Can I make this bigger? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I saw said, this picture. Said, said no oh, man God. ever. Uh, just <laughs> um, oh, man. I don't want to accept your stupid cookies. Um, okay, I can't make that one bigger. So here's the deal. Ah, here's the deal. We don't have to explain this. You can see hurricane, everything's flat, and this house is perfectly fine. The reason I had a pastor one time, he did uh, he did a sermon analogy with this house, and it doesn't matter what this house costs. We'll say it costs five hundred thousand, sure, beachfront property, whatever. I don't know, probably costs more than that. Yeah, but the the upgrades, the fortifications for this house were literally like ten or twelve thousand dollars extra. That's what we need. And yeah, uh, Samantha's talking about it in the chat. You know, when we say burn it down, we mean like fire people, real reform. When they say burn it down, they mean literally burn it down. He needs a take no prisoners attitude. Whoever's going to occupy the White House. And honestly, I do think that Donald Trump's the only one who could actually pull it off, who could actually come in and and get back to his old self. You're fired. You're fired. Your agency's a joke. You're just done, you know? And they're going to whine and say, oh, Congress has nothing to do with this. You're an executive agency. You were born out of the pen, and you will die with the pen. Yeah, because people talk about DeSantis, and, and being a governor is very different from being at the federal level. Mm -hmm. And if you look at what, I mean, DeSantis, a lot of people don't even know he was in Congress. He was in Congress, and he did jack. Now, I understand it's a different body, whatever, mm -hmm. But even Christy Nome, when she moved back out of Congress and went became governor of her state, she said it's a whole different ball game. At the time, she said, "I'll never go back to D.C. Goodness knows what she'll do." But she said, it, "It being a governor, you just you have freedoms to make choices and and have those tickets choices stick in ways that the it, federal. I mean, it's just you got so much going against you." Like, even if we just set aside the corruption and nothing were corrupt, just with the behemoth that the government is, it's so hard. It's like uh, turning a large ship. You know, you turn and turn and turn, and it turns a little tiny centimeter. Same thing. Yep, yep. Well, thank God Donald Trump even... Well, I, I've said this a couple of times on the show uh, already. Um, you know, Donald Trump turned me red, and the Democrats keep me that way. At, I had no idea that there was even such a thing as like fake news. I didn't know that I was being indoctrinated Me until neither. Trump said, hey guys, <laughs> look at this. Yeah, I didn't either. I was a total normie, completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh my I, I mean, I, I was conservative, that. but I didn't I didn't know. I, I was busy raising my kids. I had, and even to this day, I'm such, 
I'm not a single cynical person. So I even now miss a lot of things. People mm-hmm. point things out to me and I'm, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All the time it happens to me. I mean, I'm like a dumb, you know, I, as, <clears throat> as an intel, as intelligent as I can be, I'm kind of dumb in a lot of ways. Well, really. I, you just don't know that you're, you don't know that you're dumb. You, you're going along with the status quo thinking, okay, yeah, this is normal and, you know, everything's fine. And, you know, the sun's going to come up the next day. Nose to the, you know, your nose to the grindstone in the first place. You're busy trying to just live life while all this nefarious crap is happening in the background. Well, and when people say, why can't they see it? I say, well, that was me. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I mean, when I really am honest with myself, I, I that's what pulls me back from being completely arrogant about it, to be honest. I mean, I, I do get frustrated because it's so in your face now. I don't know how you can miss it, but maybe it was in my face then. And I just, you know, I don't know. I can't believe I, I used to watch tell, uh, I tell Wendy that she's a favorite of the show. And she says, I don't think that's true. One... The Rumble chat's on fire, and Rumble, we got our very first paid uh, Rumble chat right. because of you, Wendy. It says, Wendy doing oh, the Ferris and Barnes piece is my happy place. And what is, is this name? Boom, chicka, boom. That's Adam. I, I know Adam. He says, this doesn't count. Is, is the He's name, kind of a friend of mine. I mean, but it's is not the really. name Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Is that how you write that out? Like, He's there, the and, and Mike's wife for life. She's in the the dark delight um, crowd. They're they're actually she's in Florida, but in Jacksonville. But anyway, yeah, the the the, the those those people don't count. I mean, they do, but they're my friends. So those people. Don't I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get full of myself. On I want I a shirt. I'm going to make a shirt that says I identify as a hurricane. I'll have to send you like a one cent royalty. You do count, Janet and Adam. Don't don't listen to me. <laughs> They're never going to come back. I'm going to get a refund request for for the only. uh... (laughs) I want my $3 back. I'm going to be so in trouble when I go back into the telegram. They're going to be like, oh, we see how it is. Thanks so much for that. Ryan, I'm not sure if I'm reading this one correctly. How do we hold special elections for every office in the government at the same time? Two term limits and disbanding the bureaucracy. I think this is supposed to say, how about we hold? Special elections for every... You have to defund. The, the money is where we got to get first, I think. I, is big. I will say... Oh, crap. My federal... Oh, no. Here it is. Yeah, I knew I was a good American boy. So my copy of The Federalist uh, that you yes, can't sir. read because the camera won't adjust. But uh, yeah, got to keep go. it close by. Um, solid arguments against... Actually, if you actually, on this particular point, and both The Federalist and The Anti-Federalist, um, I, I wouldn't go screwing around with the election structure. Um, I, I think that it works. I think it's well-intentioned and it works better than some of the election structures they we're have. We're just in not other... doing it. I don't understand yeah. why we're not talking about impeachment right now. Yeah. I don't oh, get it. These, these, well. Trump's getting impeached over a phone call and we got all this crap going on right now over the last two years. What the hell? I mean, the, yeah. the subject hasn't even come up. And another over billion dollars sent to Ukraine, like uh, designated for Ukraine. While the people in Florida are suffering, 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're sending billions and billions and billions of dollars to... They're Americans that don't have drinking water. And they're saying boil the water and it still might not be good. It still will probably be toxic. But uh, boil it anyway. Let's see. It might make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's well, that's... You know, the Biden said all that stuff going on in the Ukraine that they're trying to, you know... It's going in their pockets, this, that this stuff is <laughs> money, money laundering for sure. I that's think... All this, yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh man, I'm forgetting his name. He's the president of Hillsdale College. Larry Arn, Dr. Arn, brilliant scholar, yeah, brilliant American. Love that guy to death. I don't know him at all, or he doesn't know me at all. Um, when in his in Hillsdale Colleges, it's either in their Federalist or their Constitution 101. Free courses available at Hillsdale.edu. Highly recommend everyone. Literally, if you had to choose between watching my show and consuming that content. Consume that content. Make sure that you subscribe and like and maybe share with someone. But go consume that comment. It's that that content. It's that valuable. But he talks about the three branches of government. The only way that they can work is that they have to have the means and interest. The means to keep each other accountable. That's checks and balances. But they have to have the interest, which is yeah. degraded. SCOTUS is holding up their end of the bargain as of late. They're striking down the unconstitutional authority that executive administrative agencies have given themselves, the IRS, the EPA, losing EPA versus West, or West Virginia versus EPA. Uh, and then they're going in hard on these gun rights cases saying these NFA items, they're saying, hey, ATF, you don't have the authority to write laws. The Constitution, quote, regulates firearms. A bump stock's not a firearm. A, a, a foregrip, a forearm's not a firearm. This, that, that. None of those things are firearms. You can't give yourself the authority to do it. So they're holding up their end of the bargain. I think Congress is a lost cause. We need to just take it out back and shoot it, uh, which is a figure of speech. FBI, if you come to my house because of that statement, then then get your warrant and um, and we'll do the court thing. Sheriffs need to do better on warrants too. Yeah. Gondoloch, um, uh talked about that. You know, sheriffs have a tremendous amount of power. They can say, look, yeah. no FBI comes in here before I know what you're doing. Show me what you've got. And then, you know, maybe we'll talk about you going and arresting this pro-life guy with seven children. Well, Sheriffs we- also need to start arresting federal agents. Yeah. They really do. Because, because they need to uphold the freaking Constitution. Yeah. And if you're going to execute a high-risk felony warrant on a conservative Christian dad, and you're going to execute it like he's a freaking terrorist, then... As the sheriff or deputy, I would take you to jail because of yeah. this doc, because of that document, the Constitution. Yeah. F you and your 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 federal authority. I don't give a crap. Your authority isn't even outlined in the Constitution, and the sheriff and their deputies actually is. They have a tremendous. They are the most powerful official. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much the last line of defense, in my opinion. Well, and and, and of course, the last line of defense. You know, defund the police, defund the police, get rid of the guys that could actually stand up against the the feds, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> oh, uh, the we the people can stand up against the feds too, it's and it's true. not well, regulated. Realize that. I wonder how it will look. I, I wonder how it would look in this country to stay, like uh, you know, where you just reach that tipping point where people are like, "All right, enough is enough. We've seen enough here." Well, what does that look talk- like? Well, when you defund the police, you're going to just get vigilantes or, you know, it's it, it's going to it's already starting to happen. It was uh, Joe Rogan had um, he showed this. Uh, it was 
it was a, a theft of like $10,000 off of a person. But you see one car like tactically like take out another car pit maneuver style. It was obvious that this person had been trained as a driver. First thing uh, Joe said, he's like, ah, that's probably a cop. That guy was probably a cop, got tired of the whole defund the police, the police are bad. And so now they're turning to crime. If anybody's going to be good at crime, it's going to be ex-cops. Hmm. Yep. All right. It's so hilarious. boom chick, boom chick is, is giving us the business <laughs> on the chat here. Yes, you are correct. Rumble will not let you change your handle. It's really gay. Uh, and lame. Um, but so re- replying to Ryan's question, and you know what? I, I just reread the 17th Amendment and I'm inclined to agree. Uh, he says, messing with the election process, uh, I, I, the dot, dot, dot could be as simple as repeal the 17th Amendment, return to election of senators and state legislatures. And then he says, and I'll just take this because Wendy's so credible, her friend should be credible too. Uh, says in the 19th century, the average term for a U.S. senator was 4.5 years. Yeah, I, I, I'd be up for that. I, I'd be up for that uh, for sure. And um, yeah, 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 it looks like the last time the 17th Amendment came into question was 1964. Um, yeah, I, I'll do some more research, but I could, I could be up for I that. I mean, the thing is, you know, how do it... it when you watch these shows and they say, hold your senators and representatives accountable, like, how do you, like, I've been doing that. I've been calling them and it's not doing anything. So I don't know what people mean anymore when they say that. I, I hate to be the one to, to say that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going all blackpilled on anybody here, but I'm just being realistic. Like, I don't understand. I feel like we don't have, uh, that kind of power. It's just gotten so big at this point. I mean, they say that, you know, people's uh, reps say it matters that, you know, you call, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think Steve Bannon has done a really good job with the posse. I think he has moved some needles there. Um, and we need more of that. We need yeah. more of that kind of rallying the troops and that positive energy and stop whining, stop, you know, I, I really love that message that he has. Like we're adults here. Like we don't need to be constantly whining about how everything, even Del Bigtree gave an amazing speech at the end of his interview with um, Alex Jones. It was a two-parter and it was a really good interview. And he just is like, you know, stop being, or actually it was another interview right after that. He said, stop being the victim you know, we, we are making progress there. We can do things, but it's just taking time to unwind everything. So, I mean, you know, maybe things are changing and we just don't know it yet. I hope so. I definitely feel change. I mean, it's well, it yeah. started with Trump. So, but it's just, it's the change, it's, like what you're saying, is just trying to turn that ship and it's, yeah. you know, you can sit here and turn the wheel all you want to, you know, she's going to turn when she, you know, when she gets turned around and it's just, we have to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the sense that you and I, Casey, realized more things than we did a few years ago, that's change. Yeah. Um, no, no, you know, that- and I mean, I'm I'm an educated person. I'm not stupid, but it, it's not about stupidity. It's it's mm-hmm. about it's about just broadening your kind of world view, I guess, or mm-hmm. It's Maybe. also about the courage of our convictions, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, well, that's another thing. I used to be afraid 
uh, especially when I'm like, God, that you know, Trump is actually making sense. And wow, they really did a lot with the VA. I was actually afraid to oh, the VA I was, was still glorious. It was oh. glorious when Trump was president. I know. And then in, in two it years later, so it, was right back. it went right back. They literally came in. They're like, two years later, did, uh, no, 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 not two years later, in, in January or February. So we're talking. Two to four weeks into Biden's presidency, I sent a message to my provider on on whatever site, my healthy better, whatever. I didn't hear from him for six weeks. And it was a message, like an email. I was wow. like, oh, they know. It's back to their old ways, yep. man. My yep. provider's in in uh, Maryland, so I have to get my passport stamp to go across to Maryland. Well, and not to sound all woo-woo, but it is an energetic thing. Trump has a charisma and His an energy way. about him. <laughs> yeah, he does. That that makes you feel supported and good about where the country is. And, and Black America said it for years. He's got swag. He's, He's got, got that swag, swag that yeah. no one can you take You want away. to see that in your leaders. Reagan had swag. You want to see that in your leaders. You don't. I mean, look, you can say what you want about President Clinton. I didn't like him. But that guy was brilliant in terms of his charisma. He's playing saxophone on late yeah. night shows. I mean, yeah. he That's was a personable guy. Really. I mean, you know, you, you got to give credit where credit is due. resulted in sexual favors. Yeah. But, <laughs> which is why, which is why I mean, one, I don't play my trombone on the not show. Not and, and two... Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting in front of a piano right now. Yeah, everyone's like, Joe, you should run for president. I'm like, it's, you just think that because I have swag, okay? And, yeah. yeah, but you actually don't want that. It would be chaos. I would literally, I, my first week of presidency, I'd be getting rid of all these agencies. People would think that the world was going to hell. I would. Could I be your press secretary? <laughs> yes, yes, you could. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, I... I'm mid thirties. I probably wouldn't run into mid fifties. So you're gonna have to pull some like hella retirement years. Uh, I'll be I'll be fine. All right. Well, deal. <laughs> oh God. Well, I, I'd love to stay in playing kids, but I actually have uh, an errand to run here in a minute or two. Too. So sympathies to you, Casey, for still living in California. <sighs> yeah, you do have a choice, you know. I know I do have a choice. I do have a choice. I'm He's just exploring. I, I, well, I'm stuck. It's just one it's of those things. It's the weather. That, it's like, it's so it is the weather. Hey, I'm going to go surfing after this. Here's, so. here's the thing about having a Casey in California, though, because when it pops off, because it very likely will, you know, you see like Red Dawn, like there need to be like true insurgents. <laughs> and those yeah. people, it'll be very hard for like a Wendy or I to get in. But when you're already in, and you guys are going to be the cream of the crop, those survivors that are in California are going to be the baddest mamma jammas around. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, still in Drew's ear about running for governor. So, I mean, I he was, when the recall election was happening, he was right there. I had him right there. I did the ad and everything. So the whole thing is I don't want to give up hope on the state that I was born and raised in, just because yeah. I know what it used to be like. You have a lot. I mean, you have a lot of work to do, though. I mean, that to unwind that, that I mean, it's so far gone right now. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Well, the first thing we do is get rid of Newsom. I think we just annex California and let Russia or someone else have it, or Mexico. But then Casey, what about Casey? 
I can live off the land and, and get myself into another state long <laughs> <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> it comes really down. He's going to have all these criminal underworld contacts, all oh, these like, drug cartels and stuff. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's going to have a freaking golden toilet. And brokering, like a, you know, brokering deals. Yeah. If I see you on social <laughs> media with a golden AK-47, I'm on to you. I know what's going on. If he there. starts wearing a gold chain, we'll know what's up. <laughs> hey, All right. Hey. Well, guys, this has been the show. Make sure you check out Wendy's work over at UncoverDC.com, best place for news. Uh, everyone and uh, see you put out so much like literally I was I was looking at this literally earlier um, but yeah it's like uh, 420 articles at this point Adam's like how do you do it I wondered the same thing too I've written two articles in the last <laughs> year <laughs> one for the Federalist one for someone else like and I'm like oh oh it's it's like it's so much research no it, it's really not you just don't want egg on your face especially when you're anyway we don't the left they don't care um but uh her links are right below make sure you follow all three of us on social media those links are right below as well if you want that snarky merch like the joe biden one star would not recommend shirt the only place to get it is at the joe mobley show.com you do you have the sweatshirt and i wrote on the back of my uh uh uncloseted conservative everything is uh Everything woke goes to shit. Turns to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a picture of that. I wrote it in Mark. I should, I should re-release that shirt and put that on the back and send you one. Please do. I would buy it. Yeah. I love it so much. That's the best thing t- John- Donald Trump ever said. Yeah. <laughs> the truest thing he's ever said, too. Oh, look at that puppy. Oh, man. He's always got to get his cameo every Yes. <laughs> Rex, it's good to see you. I'm glad you made it to the show, buddy. We will see you guys again. No live show tomorrow. Actually, also for you, Casey, no live show tomorrow. It's my pre-recorded interview. You know, I don't lie to you guys. It's my pre-recorded interview with Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, uh, who I'm actually going to see tonight uh, out in Loudoun County. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed the show. That's all we got for you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.